Hey everybody, welcome to Outspoken. My name is Justin White, and I was uh, grateful to have an opportunity for another in-person interview. Uh, the first one in, I think, about seven months. And uh, while I'm super grateful to all my guests who have done phone-in interviews, I'm, I'd have to say I miss the face-to-face. So I was very happy for a chance to get out of the house and go for a drive and speak to my mom's friend, Verena. Um, so she told me, as much of her life story as you can fit into a, you know, a condensed version. It's tough to, to get 80 years into an hour. So this is kind of a long one. So uh, sit back and relax and let's just jump right into it. Um, well, tell me about yourself. Hi, hi, Verena. Thank you for having me in your home during the chaotic uh, apocalyptic times. You're welcome. I appreciate it. I appreciate it myself. Um, This is an adventure for me, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I I was born and raised during World War II in in a little country called Switzerland. Right. And Switzerland Switzerland is surrounded by Germany, France, Italy, and Austria on each side somewhere. Right. And of course, Hitler was very, very, very much. Um, well, Switzerland was a, is a neutral country. Was a neutral country at the time, but still, all the soldiers were at the borders, including my father, to protect the country. Wow! Because and, we didn't know what to expect. So. And what part of Switzerland did you? I I'm, I was from a little town called Wallisellen, which is nor northeast of Zurich, okay. about about ten minutes from Zurich by train, okay. not not very far. So closest to the German border. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, and your father was enlisted, or? Uh, all Swiss men had to go every three every year for three weeks. Okay. To to the military service. Starting like seven, well, they, seventeen. Well, they started a re- recruit school in at age seventeen. Every Swiss man had to do that. So. So uh, so during wartime, everyone. Yeah. All all able men are right enlisted. Right. Yeah, and of course, as a little baby, I didn't experience much, but uh, my mom surprised my father with with me because she said I I want at least one child because it was it was chaos right I was born in 1941 and the war started in 39 and uh, she said I can always raise one child if something should happen but um anyway I I came and my father actually um cared for me a lot because he, he was before that he was always on the radio you know this is you follow the war you follow what's going on and so on and so forth and from then that moment on once I was here he had no more interest in all this stuff really so, yeah that's nice yeah 
He That's was, and, he, and sort of rare for the time, yeah, right? Yeah. And he was very important figure in our town. He was the head treasurer, CPA, and uh, budgeted everything. So he was well known. And my mom was a housekeeper. You know, I'm the first generations that went back to, that, that studied and went to work. Mm. My mother was a housewife, but she was a good housewife. Uh-huh. And um, they were very happy that everything went well with me. And uh, I, grew, I grew up as an only child. Yeah. And that was kind of lonely. I can and, imagine. Yeah, but but we lived in a six-family apartment house my first nine years of my life. So I always kids? had company with kids. Oh, yeah. that's good. So always something was going on. So, And the school was just a few blocks away from my house, and I often took off and went to school and interrupted classes. So that didn't go over well with my with the school teachers, and they were constantly on the phone with my mother to <laughs> keep a tight, tighter rein on me, right? So when you were very young, you mean? You would yeah. go to, to yeah, school? Yeah, as four and a half, okay. you know, so. You just wanted to be where all the other kids were? Yeah. See where the action was? Right. And so mom was able to put me in kindergarten at four and a half, so that that solved that, that problem. But um, anyway... Um, so can, can I ask what like what your awareness when when did you become aware of the of the war situation or did you Well, I did become aware of the war situation when the Americans started coming. Mm. And they came they landed in 43. Right. And they bombarded us twice by mistake. Thinking it was Germany. Yeah. Wow. Your town was bombarded um, or that We were or? in church the first time and we were all going downstairs in the shelter at the whole church evacuated and uh it was frightening i'm sure it was and we were we we were also blackout every night i mean we had black curtains and stuff so they can't see where the villages are or where the cities are and um we were having food stamps the food was rationalized and Switzerland was affected by by this big time. Yeah. But uh, the second time we were bombarded by the Americans was in, um, we were in Zurich shopping, my mom and I. And the whole, uh, the main street of Zurich is the, the railroad street, which goes from the rail- railroad all the way out to the lake of Zurich and back, and full of banks, full of jewelry stores and all that stuff. And uh, we were all, again, sent downstairs. They have all these shelters everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And every Swiss citizen has a bed in the Swiss mountain. Did you know that? Has what? Has, the, has a, their bed in, in the Swiss mountains in case we were going to be bombarded by Germany. Have a bed? Is yeah, you know... Like a, a refuge, a yeah. little bunker. Yeah, I see. Yeah, all throughout the country, there, there are places oh, like yeah. public. There's, it's bunkers. all in the mountains. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, 
So um, I learned that later on. I did not know that as a kid. Yeah, but, uh, but your parents knew. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this, the war raged, and but uh, Hitler decided not to march through Switzerland. He would have. It would have cost him too many men mm. over the Alps. It's just an impossible. Yeah, would be impossible. And of course, the railroads didn't work as well as they are now, you know. So mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so then, in at, at some point in your childhood, things looked brighter. Like, was it? Did you have? I'm just curious about your psychological state growing up, knowing that that was a threat. And yeah, I I don't think it affected me much, but. Uh, I, I, w- I was well taken care of by my family, um, and I, my, my father was 41 when I was born. Hmm. So he had been traveling the world, and uh, my mother was 11 years younger than him. Okay. So, um, and he always praised me, and uh, you know, I just knew, I felt the love and the pride you know, he had. That's great. And he never did have a second child because when the war was over, he was 45 and he figured if it's a son and the son wants to go to the university, then he, he's already 65, retired. Right. So it didn't make sense to him. But he later on regretted it. He mm. said that should have had a sibling for you or anything. Well, yeah. it is what it is. I grew up as quite independently, and uh, early on, I had this longing and to to learn different languages. Really, and I also um, after after uh, high school, I went to college and studied international freight forwarding. You know, shipping okay via 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 vessel. Or via air, or or train, or plane. Okay. And um, and I worked for a very international company, Danzas. They also had tra- travel agencies and and agencies for shipping all over the world. Right. So I got the crazy idea because my father always talked about his four years in France and. Uh, six years in Spain, and he he was multilingual. Uh, Do you think that's where your interest came yeah. from? Yeah, and you know Switzerland is so tiny; you can cross it from each side in two hours. Right, and uh, and it's fairly common for for everyone in to learn the language of the, yeah, cr- the country yeah. they border at least. Yeah, each. Each clerk in the grocery store has to know three languages before they can even, can even be a teller. Really? Yeah. Swiss, yeah. French, and English, or German? Uh, language? They, the French was required, and, and German uh, was my tongue. I mean, okay. was Switzerdeutsch, which is a dialect, so, but we had to learn high German in 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 uh, regular school. Okay. So. Um, so you my, had an interest early on. Yeah. In, and I I admired that that my father could she could write read and speak Spanish, French, English because he was two years in London as well and um, and then he learned Italian on on the side too so, so multilingual that's amazing yeah 
And we had to take French in, in high school, which was mandatory. And then we had a choice uh, in the last high school year. It was either Italian, Spanish, or English. Okay. And I chose English. But it's kind of business English, so it wasn't everyday slang language like we speak over here. Right. So it was more British English. Hmm. And um, so having had the exposure with danzas, I just wanted to go to a different country and get the hell out of there. That's the <laughs> only way a girl could leave home because if I had taken an apartment, I would become a loose woman. That's That was just... Um, unsavory. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, and uh, I, I remember my best friend had three um, brothers and they lived in an apartment with grandma and her parents and all these kids. So she chose to take an apartment and from that moment on, I was forbidden to, to see her. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's Yeah, it's harsh. really downgrading. Yeah. You know, so, but I saw her anyway. Okay. <laughs> right, yeah. Anyway, um, my only way out, I, and I resented to ask for the key every time I wanted to go somewhere, yet I worked really hard from 7 to 5, 6 in the evening, and on Friday nights at the International Airport, which was finally built i i chose to on friday nights to 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 do air freight wow and that went to two in the morning by seven o'clock i was picked up again because we work on saturday too that's crazy yeah they still do they still have that same shift yeah Yeah. that sounds like my table waiting experience Yeah. yeah so um but it was an experience and a half, and I got exposed to a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, a lot of interesting people. From around the world. Yeah, yeah. And yet, I I was astonished when I came over here and saw, I, I overnighted in New York. Actually, I left Switzerland at the tender age of 19. By yourself? Yeah, I was, I uh, think, 13, uh, 15 days short of 20, so almost okay. 20. And I came f- January 15th. I landed in New York. And in, pr- propeller in, propeller plane, mind you. In what year? In 1961. Okay. So. Um, what was that like? Oh, I mean, it was exciting for me. Of I course. had, you know. In those days, you dressed up to go on an airplane. Uh-huh. It's not comfortable at all with a girdle and, and um, you know, stockings and high heels and, oh, my God. <laughs> to sit for 11 hours. Uh, yeah, it was 14 hours. 14 hours. hours. Yeah. Wow. We, because Zurich, Munich, then I changed planes and DTWA. Um <laughs> It was interesting. And how, how aware were you of of New York prior not, to your arrival? Not at Nothing? all. Wow. No. 
blue. And nothing could and prepare we, you for we it even, anyway. We even circled for an hour over because there was a huge snowstorm on the 15th of January. Oh, wow. And so finally we got the, I guess, the okay to land. And one of the agents picked me up from from the Danza's agency in, in New York. Oh, that's good. And he took me to the hotel. And he could speak Swiss? And, yeah. Okay, that's good. Uh, he'd be better. Yeah, so. he'd be in trouble otherwise. <laughs> so um, I remember the hotel experience. I got one blanket in this cold night, and so I froze. So I, I picked up the phone, and I said, I have cold. <laughs> so they said, oh, we'll send some aspirin up. I said, no, 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 right. no aspirins. I said, I have cold instead of right. I am cold, right? Yeah, you're speaking the the most proper <laughs> textbook <laughs> yeah. English you could. So 10 minutes back and forth, finally. Like, oh, you want a blanket. Yeah. And I didn't know what blanket means either. Yeah. So the knock on the door and then was this African-American person handing me blankets, right? Uh -huh. I was astonished. I've never seen a black person. Well, that was your first time yeah. ever? Wow. Yeah. Even in pictures? Had you seen had you seen photos? I, or? I just wasn't going that route. Yeah. You know, it just never what? came up, you wow. know? Do you remember your reaction? Like, were you... Uh, take... I, I thought, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. It's scary. Huh. You know, it was dark in the hall already, so, and so, well, anyway, and I was always kind of afraid, you know, uh -huh. like, so. Was there a prejudice? I know, I know. No, that, that was not even. No, no never. It was, it was I never. just simply a foreign. Yeah, it's, it's, an, I, I mentioned it to some people the other day, not, not even, not even until I came to this country did they even learn uh, that who was Jewish and who was uh, whatever else there yeah. is? So I learned that in this country and and Switzerland is, you know, Hitler was was after the Jews. Right. That was never even discussed. I even modeled fur coats for Jewish. Uh, what do you call it? Um, what are you furriers? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I, uh, their model got sick, and so they needed somebody and at the hotel, so they called me. So anyway. So you're saying there was no discuss. There, there was, was no never discussed at home, never in school. I wow. I couldn't tell you who was Jewish and who was not. Wow. So you sort of learned how to how to yeah. discriminate once you right. moved here. All over here only. <laughs>
for the first night, and then he told me that the next morning he'll pick me up at 11, and we'll go to lunch, and then I fly from Kennedy Airport to San Francisco. Wow. And this is all happened. And um, I slept well, as far as I recall. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and he came, picked me up, and brought me to the airport. And uh, I arrived late in San Francisco. Somebody was, uh, a, a friend of mine was going to pick me up. Her brother went to school with me. Okay. And she was in San Francisco. Did you but, have a, did you have a place to stay that night? I did have a place that I knew about and and made made a reservation. Okay, but uh, I missed her at the airport because uh. she she called me over the phone. Of course, I didn't listen to the loudspeaker in the airport. It was enough noise. You yeah. Know. So, and I was tired, you know, the, the day before I went through customs in New York, which was a, which is a whole different, different story with, <laughs> with lung photographs and, you know, x-rays and really? all this crap. Yeah. That's so, nuts. Yeah. Because you're a foreign intruder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an immigrant with a green card, right? Right. So, and it took uh, 14 months to get that visa. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, um, I got to San Francisco, and I I had to go barefoot through the through the international airport because the, my 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 feet were swollen from from wearing heels for yeah, two days heels straight. and I couldn't get into the, my heels and mm-hmm. and a, a corset. Why would I need a corset? <laughs> I weighed one hundred and twenty pounds. Come on, right? But that was, that was high fashion, right? So anyway, I got on the bus to 7th Street and from there I took a taxi and I told the taxi driver again it was an African American person which is fine you know I, yeah, yeah. and um, but just new to you it was yeah. just a new experience but I had my umbrella between my legs you know I thought because when I told him I, I, I have to go how the hell did I say it I have to go to 1,040 Bush Street. <laughs> so he said, that doesn't exist. Okay. So then I got, uh-oh, what have I done now? So um, I got, then he said, after a while, he said, do you mean 1040 Bush? And I said, yes. I just took a chance. Yeah. So um, 1040 Bush was Mary Elizabeth Inn. It's still there. Really? Yeah. And it's a uh, boarding house for women all over the world. So, um, That's so I, cool. I was so happy. I gave him double the fare uh-huh. and thanked him and all that. Just to, to Just arrive so safely. Just to arrive somewhere, right? right? And so I got up there and here to fill out forms, they called somebody from Germany that could speak the language okay. so to help me. So. That was my first contact. So I got in. I paid paid for a week, and I was I was left with ninety three dollars to my name. Can you believe it? I mean, <laughs> ninety three dollars, and I only had room and board for a week, so I better get going, right? I yeah. Didn't, I didn't know a soul, 
I was told I got a tiny room. They said, this is your closet. And I said, closet? Closet in German means toilet. Oh, right. Water closet. And so then she showed me the, the bathrooms that we all had to share and the showers and stuff. And uh, my room was, was okay, and but I didn't sleep well. Yeah. So that was my first night in San Francisco. And I thought, and I cried myself to sleep. I said, what in the hell did I do? Yeah. I don't know anybody, have $93, and that's it. I have a job, though. They yeah. did hire me from San, San, San okay. Francisco, took me. Oh, good. So then the next day, I thought, well, maybe it's a good idea to go see where this 500 Battery Street is and where Harper Robinson and Company, International Freight Forwarding Shipping Company. And so I went to 500 Battery Street. I found it, and there was a big note that says, we moved. Uh not where to or what, right? So, oh, really? So I, I stood there like an idiot. <laughs> and so there was a great big building right right around there at the area. And so I thought, I'll go in there and ask somebody. So I did. And that was the customs house where you where people pay duty for their goods and okay. stuff like that. So they helped me and they said, oh, yeah, Harper Robinson is, is one block over it's not far, 545 Sansom Street. So I found that, and I introduced myself to the boss, Mr. Robinson. And boy, did he talk fast. <laughs> and I just I just looked around. I think you didn't the, understand mm, anything. The only thing I picked up on, which was very important, he, because he pointed it out, uh, social security card. Okay. I, I needed to have it. Right. So I thought, how in the hell am I going to keep that up here? <laughs> you know, so, but I did. I, I took that social, actually social security, and I forgot the card, but I, whatever. I, I told the girl that lived across the hall from me, and she says, oh, yeah, I'll take you. We'll go get it together. Oh, that's cool. So she went with me, uh, but she was American. She lived in Hillsburg. She went to school in San Francisco during the week, and that's why she stayed, in, stayed there. Weekends, she went home. So the boarding house was just available to any, any women anywhere in they the world? They were from all over the world. I mean, I met uh, South Amer Americans. I had Japanese, Chinese, everything. Was and what's the name of it again? Mary Elizabeth Ann. And it was done, it was uh, led by the Methodist, church i think something okay. like that. but is it called that in other places as well or is it yeah mary elizabeth and okay i, I that that's all that's all i know okay so. i just and love they, the, and just... they had rules you had to be in there by 10 p.m right if you were not you were out you lose your bed for the yeah. night yeah or uh, we had to spend the night somewhere else right right so um i i acclimized i went to my first day of work was on the 23rd of January. I arrived the 17th on the 23rd. I, I was able to work full time. They put me in bookkeeping so because I couldn't handle customers, you know, right. 
for import or export. So the the first six months until I got more fluent in, in language-wise. And you started taking English classes at night or something? That or? didn't help. You know, oh, really? everybody that went to English classes had a bigger accent than I did. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how did you learn? TV? No, the Other TV people? I didn't know. I, I did a lot by joining a youth group, which was called Van Sank, which is Van Nest and Sacramento Church. Okay. And I belonged with them. So, and I, all this time I went around without money, you know. Right. And she paid for my social security card and for my uh, re- registration at the Swiss consulate. And of course, wow. I, I paid her back right away. When but I she got, covered it for the... Yeah. I mean, this was, was just someone you had just met. I just met. The day before. Know, wow. Yeah. So nice. You yeah, know. that's amazing. It would never happen in Switzerland. Really? Mm-hmm. In no. Denmark, yeah, but not in Switzerland. Is is there just a they are just so conservative? Coldness it's not even funny. Okay. <laughs> Stuck up and all that. Really? Yeah. Everybody. It's just sort of like don't mess with me. Don't, like, <laughs> take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. sort of. You know, I don't know. Okay. But anyway, I got this all together and I started working on the twenty third. And I, that was in the bookkeeping department. And so I was handed all this filing stuff and adding and typing invoices and all, all these things. And while I was filing some um, mail, um, this guy, I saw this guy across the room and he was smoking a pipe. Okay. And uh, he had these gorgeous blue eyes. So, and he smiled at me. Uh-huh. So, uh, but I was in love with somebody else in Switzerland, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you I, didn't mention that part. Yeah, I I did have a boyfriend in Switzerland. Wow, and, and you left? Yeah. With, and, what was the plan there? Like, how did you... Well, we I was going to come back. Because oh. I was just going to learn the language and explore it a little so maybe a year and a half two years i'll be back okay in the meantime absence makes the heart grow fonder right yeah yeah. out of sight out of mind right okay (laughs) so um yeah we we did correspond regularly and and also my family and i mainly my dad and um i I did. Uh, this guy did ask. I, I I noticed he came to my coffee breaks all the time. Okay. And he spoke German, but he was Danish. He was from Denmark, and uh, and I really got annoyed. You know, really annoyed. Every Friday, he asked me, "Can't we go out to dinner, or can't we go out to see a movie, or something?" I said, "No, I'm busy. Uh-huh. I'm going bowling and all this kind of crap." Right. I told. You Honest, just make up excuses yeah, every time? Every time. And this went on from January through May. Couldn't you just say, I have a boyfriend? Um, no. That's none of his business. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So that, that went on. And then finally, I, I did meet a Swiss girl with my same name, and we agreed... Then I go by the name Verena, and she goes by the name 
or Franey, which is the short version of it. Okay. Because every time there was a phone call, we both ran to the phone. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, she said to me, do you ever go out? And I said, no, there's this guy who goes on my nerves. He asks me every Friday. And she says, well, why don't you get a free meal? <laughs> you know, <laughs> typical Swiss, right? Okay. And I said, well, maybe next time he, if he asks. And prompt, he did not ask for the whole month of May. Really? Yeah. Right after so I she, thought, that's she great. That's, that's all of that. It's great. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, there was a bet going on between him and another guy in the company. And he says, come on, ask, him, ask her again. His name was Mike. Uh, Mike told my disdain, this go ask her again. I, I bet you she's saying yes this time. And sure enough. Uh-huh. So we went to the movies together. So, but not it was not a date as far as you were concerned. No, or? it was not a date. Okay. You know, finally, I give in, right? So, um, but anyhow, this um, then he introduced me to his brother and his sister-in-law and to his nieces and nephew, and they were in Corte Madera. So he took me. I, he picked me up. And I had the whole balcony full of people. We wanted to know how this this guy guy looked Uh and what kind of a car he drove. He had a 57 Oldsmobile, dark pink on the bottom and light pink on top. Wow. Can you you imagine? With the fins and everything? That's amazing. So they, they, and out came this guy. I. They, they were laughing uh-huh. from here to San Francisco anyway. Um, the poor guy. Was he embarrassed? At, uh, no? He's proud of him. Of yeah, himself. he loved that Oldsmobile. Yeah, that sounds like a great yeah, car. Yeah, and um, so he picked me up in that well, ship, really. Right, a gigantic a car. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we had a nice time. We saw Susie Wong, the movie Susie Wong. Uh-huh. And then we. We had a snack somewhere, and he he walked me back to, or he drove me back to the inn. And then over the following weekend, he took me out to see his brother in Corte Madeira and the family. So So you were going to meet his entire family, but you weren't interested in being with him? No. What was was your motivation? It was... It's a, it's a trip over Golden Gate Bridge. Are you okay. kidding? I'm not going to say no. Yeah. So, uh, so fine. So it's just a way for you to explore yeah, just, the, the, yeah. your new home. Yeah. But um, I I could feel from the other end, from Switzerland, that something is shifting between uh, Dolph and, my, and myself. That was his name. He, he had the same name as Adolf Hitler Uh-oh. in Adolf. So he went by Dolph. <laughs> yeah. That's good. So um, anyway, um, then then we came up with this crazy idea, and a Swiss girlfriend of mine from from the inn, Rosa, uh, she wanted to go to do, what is it called, Disneyland. 
So we took off to Disneyland, all three of us. I never was alone with him. Never. Okay. Never. I always dragged all my friends along. That's smart. So, um, yeah, we went to Disneyland, and um, f- uh, from Disneyland, Rosa took some some transportation. I don't remember how she got to Denver, where, she, where her boyfriend was. And uh, Andrews and I drove back up here in 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 the Oldsmobile. So, and we did overnight in Carmel. I'm not saying he was he was not trying to to do more than yeah, just talk, sure. you know. But uh, um, well, you but were I, go, you I were just, accompanying him to all these different yeah, things that yeah. would lead him to believe, right. you know, maybe I got a chance here. Right, right. And uh, but nothing happened because I I wanted. I was brought up a virgin, you know, you, you stay true, true to yourself until marriage. So that, that was the old-fashioned way. Right. And But you believed in that? Or did you just adhere I to it? I did believe in that for quite a while. But then as we as we got closer, and, uh, oh, obviously something it was happening. Yeah. And uh, on the 17th of September... 1961, I lost my virginity. Oh, wow. To yeah. a Dane. Yep. Interesting. And, and actually, um, I almost ended up between the wall and the, what is Murphy bed because it collapsed. It collapsed on you? Like while, <laughs> yeah. you while you were in it? No. That's amazing. He could save me. But uh, and Otherwise then I said, to, I said to him, that's all there is to it? <laughs> That was that's how you felt. We both about it? were virgins. It it's just oh. it, it was really. I didn't know that. So we did a lot of talking and a lot of whatever. Well, that's kind of the best way to do it. Yeah, we got to know each other, and uh, he was really a nice guy. And he was born and raised in Den- Denmark, and he had been here before. Mm-hmm. And then he he was supposed to go into service, and and he didn't. And so he went back home until he was of 28. He was older than I. I was 20, and in 61, I was 20, and he was he was born in 34, and I was born in 41, so he was seven years older than I. Hmm. And uh, very well-traveled, also multilingual. He, he did speak German, hmm. and um, yeah. So that's when it start started becoming serious, you know.
All this stuff just started. We never had a TV. We never had, I didn't have a radio. And my dad had the radio, and that was for news only. Mm -hmm. or maybe once in a while he let me listen to music, or when they went on their walks, I did what I wanted with that. So what did you do for entertainment? What did anyone... I, I did a lot of hobbies. You know, I, I'm very sporty. I, I skied in winter, I skated, and uh, I play petanque here too. And uh, Can you describe what petanque is? Petanque is a, is a game, is a French game, mm -hmm. similar to bocce ball. Okay. So, but our bulls are steel bulls. They're actually deadly weapons. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, not too long ago, about three years ago, one person got killed in France by, you know, you have to pay attention that when the shooter... You can you cannot cross yeah. the field, and something happened. Somebody wanted to quickly see and measure, and then got hit on yes. his side here, That's no good. dead on the path. Okay, so petanque yeah. is a deadly sport. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's fun. Uh -huh. Right now, it's not fun. We we're all we can't we have to wear masks if we play. Yeah, and all that. They play it behind Civic Center. We own. That land next to the dog park. Who owns it? Uh, the La Petanque Marinière. Uh, that is the club. It's like a club. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. An old-fashioned petanque club. Yeah. So, anyway. So, can you talk about what San Francisco was like in the 60s? Like what, uh, San Francisco, to me, I it hit me in the first few weeks or even longer what have I done? Uh -huh. You know, this is the most stupid things. Did it just I, feel too different or too far it, away? Or it, it was a city. I had no idea where I am. Mm -hmm. I had, I didn't know anybody. And did it freak you out that there were lots of different people from like the dress differently or yeah, looked the, the hippie era was then too. You right. Know, oh my God. Did that freak you out? Not right. really freak out, but uh, I didn't understand I, a lot of his stuff. You didn't just, understand. Uh, I, I lost a lot of where Anders was informed about politics and all that. So he knew the voting process and all this stuff going. But I I was kind of in la-la land when it came to that. Okay. I, but I, even like when the Black Panthers were active and stuff like that, were you aware of? Yeah, and Martin Martin Luther King and all that, and then Kennedy was shot, you know. And uh, that was '63, right? I, we came home from our trip, and but uh, I had changed jobs. I was uh, managing some company in on California Street. And my boss was a drinker, so he always spent afternoons in the bar. So he came, because all of a sudden I saw that the flag over a Crocker bank was half-mast, mm. and he came in and explained to us that President Kennedy has been, has shot, has been shot. So you were, was, you were at work at the, yeah, at the time? Yeah, that was sad. Indeed. Yeah. So... Um, and then Johnson came on, you know, took over, right? Yeah, 
And then from then on, I kind of got into this more, you know, but... Uh, As a result of Kennedy's death or just coincidentally at that time? Yeah, and then I started following, I remember, I don't remember, who was accused of shooting him? As, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, Oswald. I, yeah. I followed that and then something else happened. Well, Jack that, Ruby shot him yeah. and then Jack Ruby was killed. Yeah. And a whole bunch of other witnesses were killed. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, then I followed that stuff a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we had a TV, Andrews and I, so he he kept me pretty much aware of everything. So Okay. And then you had kids in the, uh, well, the late kids, 60s? Um, 67, you said? Yeah, the first one was born in 67, but prior to her... I had three miscarriages. Oh wow! So we weren't even sure if 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 we ever could have a child. Yeah, it was easy to make them, but then uh, to carry them yeah. was a different story. So it it was some hormone something they had that I was lacking. I that see. Was the, my doctor said. So we had Heidi, and Heidi was born the sixteenth of February in nineteen sixty-seven. And uh, then Karen came along the next year in December 13th, Friday, December 13th, 1968. I should have known she was going to be trouble. Uh, but she's so, so funny. Was she a difficult baby or, or no, the child? Ba- or? No, she was a fantastic baby. Uh-huh. She slept all day and was up all night so uh, that didn't help me no. because i had the other one that was up all day and in yeah. slept through the night but i was a home home mother mm-hmm. for eight years so i stayed home and just did baby stuff and then i got bored okay really bored what did you want to be doing i wanted to work i wanted to earn money and yeah. travel more and do stuff mm-hmm. you know, so um but then, before they were born, I have to tell you, we bought this house in 1965. The house we're sitting in yeah. now, okay. And I have the original brochure. Wow. And we bought it for $27,450. Brand new. Brand spanking new. Amazing. And That's incredible. Uh, and we were broke. We put... A, f- a fourth down as a down payment and they didn't count my income because I was in the birth bearing age oh, I see. discriminating against women yes. right? so the FHA did not accept that and so my husband made $440 a month and our house payment including taxes and uh what is it? Taxes and insurance. Yeah. Well, and the mortgage was one hundred twenty-eight dollars for thirty years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. And we couldn't afford curtains. We couldn't afford carpets. I have hardwood floor everywhere. Mm-hmm. And which comes in handy once all this stuff, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's something else about this. Uh, and now those houses go for nine 
$150,000. It's incredible. Amazing. It's crazy. It is crazy. And so many people are leaving now. Yeah. They can't afford to be here. Right. Yeah. This was in 1965. So that was 55 years ago. And you've lived here yeah, yeah, the entire if, time? If those walls could talk. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just happiness in this house. There no, was a lot I of... I imagine not. But, uh, and... Uh, that's my daughter. That's my... That's, that's the funny one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so uh do you want to talk about the was it was it a volatile ma marriage or was was it just uh, the marriage we were happily married we were happy until my husband started having anxiety attacks hmm. and i did not know what to do so he went to see a psychiatrist or his therapist what same thing and they put him on uh, medication do you know what it was about what what his anxiety was about yeah it was all youth related oh okay um he his father was a violent alcoholic mm -hmm. he grew up with a violent alcoholic father and i've only learned this through the program through through al-anon program you've heard of that of course and um, I had, I have married my mother. My mother grew up in a with a violent alcoholic father. Mm -hmm. There were ten children, and this. Um, let's see. My mom is number five out of ten, and. She, she, they had to do, they had to actually raise themselves because my grandma, she was at six o'clock in the morning, she went to church and then she cleaned houses from 7.30 till 7, 8 o'clock at night mm -hmm. where those 10 kids are home alone, right? Wow. One of the other. older ones had to stay home a, a week at a time to take care of the non-school kids you know it's right. crazy yeah that's not and she didn't learn much and the girls were pulled out of school at age 13 they did they had to go into um embroidery uh what is it called uh, to earn money so the boys can be can be somebody can learn a trade you know like being plumber or an electrician or whatever right and and the girls were deprived. Yeah, for sure. So it had an, had an effect on my mom, too. And she she treated me. My mother had three personalities. She was wonderful when my father was around. That was the best time. Okay. Weekends were always the best. And then when he, he went to work, she, she could be mean to me. Would it you be know. like a switch? Yeah, it's a, it was a switch, and it's it was me too because you know I wasn't always nice. I mean, I'm not an angel, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then in public she was another personality. Okay, sort of a 
false front yeah to cover yeah, the meanness yeah, and, yeah. Huh. and and she told me early on as a i think it was first second grade first or second she took me to zurich to um a doctor somewhere and she insisted on a nose former that that's a uh, contraption i had to wear uh in so like order to to get a better nose, a straighter nose, or whatever. Thinner or and more, yeah, yeah, whatever. Harder. Wow. And that's of course, the message to me was, "You're ugly." Right. You know? How could you not take yeah. it that way? And so I had to wear the stamp thing every day after school till bedtime. Wow. I played the piano with the damn thing on and all this. Did it hurt? Was it no, uncomfortable? No, no, it wasn't hurt, hurtful. But I also developed chicken pox, and the doctor came to the house, and I had this on. Uh-huh. And the doc said, what is this? Yeah. And I said, my mother doesn't like my nose. So, so he took my mother in the other room and said... Chastised her? Yeah, yeah. He... He said, you take this damn thing off. The message you give this girl, it's a complex. Yeah. And, 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 the, and it worked. Good it still it. works. Yeah. It still works. I have this, whenever a photo is taken, you uh-huh. know, it's, and then he says, have you looked at your partner lately? She has his nose. Uh-huh. So what? You know? Yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. And then she could be sarcastic and... Also, the silent treatment I got a lot. Oh, that's rough. From, it's awful. That's really bad. Yeah. That's maybe more hurtful than yes, anything. Yes, And uh, But she didn't do it when my dad was around. Never, huh. ever. No. Because she knew he wouldn't approve well, he, of it? He, he would not. Yeah. No. So he had no idea that she no was, idea, had this no. other... I, I would tell him sometimes, would you make her talk to me again? Do you know, she, she's not talking to what me. What would he do then? Would he? Well, then he'd take her on a walk and they, they talked it out. Okay. He said, didn't you punish her enough already? Right. You know, I was never there when they had it out. I grew up, I never heard him fight. Never? Ever. Wow. My, my mother was submissive. Okay. And um, my dad adored my mother. He adored the ground she walked on. And, wow. and I don't think she was capable of giving him this love back. Yeah. She once told me when he had a heart attack at age 73, um, we went to visit him in the hospital. And she said, I can't wait to talk to the doctor and uh, I don't want to have sex anymore. So I said, good luck with that one. Yeah, really. So, <laughs> um, and so she I was, was hoping because of the I heart I was attack. right. And she, she comes out from that meeting, and I said, so? And she says, it's the best thing for his heart. Uh, and she was bummed about that. <laughs> yeah, so oh, man. Un- Tough luck. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty... Uh, yeah. Selfish attitude, I guess. Yeah. But a, can you imagine being together with somebody for all these years and never feel anything? No. It does not make sense no, to me. I don't know how someone does and, that. But they don't speak. In the, that era, they don't speak up. Right. They didn't speak up. Right. Just do It's do much your more duty. open now. I mean. Thank God. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. we can 
communicate. Yeah. So you were saying you married you married your mother. Mm-hmm. So you, your your husband had a lot of the same issues, mm-hmm. and you started to see that mm-hmm. after all. After. And he started after four years of therapy. Then that didn't help. He started drinking. Uh, the Danish never, way. Never during the day he would come in. He was very prompt every night with the same bus. He went came from San Francisco. Twenty after six, ten minutes he was changing his three piece suit or whatever and to get something comfortable and then the ice cube started, you know. By by the time we always ate seven o'clock sharp. That was control freak me. Okay. Um because if I waited longer he wouldn't eat. Okay. Then by that time he had already four martinis in him. In that in half thirty hour. minutes, wow. To double, you know. Yeah, wash away the day. Yeah, so he we did have dinner, and then he had his Lucky Strike cigarettes. We both smoked a lot, and um, and then we either went running or walking, whatever. And then he started with these big cans of beer, mm-hmm. or another two or three. And then my daughter, who you just heard, she told me later on in uh, after my husband passed away she says mom he laced his tea even with with gin wow i did in the not morning. know that but he was out every night he was functioning right 10 o'clock he was up he was going to to work at seven you know seven thirty so and uh but that didn't help our marriage because he he wasn't around when my daughter had her methamphetamine ac- uh, addic- addiction. Oh wow, that that was that's heavy, heavy duty. Do you want to talk about that, or do you it's want true. that not on the record? Or no, I'll talk about it. Okay, she's okay with that. She's okay. She, I graduated from being. This is a really nasty word, because. I didn't even know what it meant. I had to ask somebody. Mm-hmm. My daughter followed me around town when I walked my dog and uh, called me a fucking cunt because I didn't give her any money. She would actually come and like terrorize you when yeah. you were out yeah. on the walk. Yikes. Yeah. And now I've graduated being the best mother in the whole world. Okay. So, so that, we, it things has that, a happy ending. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Wow. I mean, she'd do anything for me. I can call her in five minutes and say, come up, I need help. Yeah. She'll be here from Palm Springs, just like that. Is that because you you she stuck just, around through her troubles? or what? I, um, what? Yeah, I, I'm a codependent, Justin. Yeah. And codependency... Was didn't really exist this this word right not until what didn't. the seventies oh even later really? I I joined Al Anon in nineteen ninety eight and it was horrible I mean <laughs> I was on my knees um, nineteen ninety eight my grandchild she has a child uh, and um, my grandchild was six Corin and her boyfriend. Raised both strung out on methamphetamine. Well, you can imagine what happened. At age 12, promiscuity started. Wow. She 
broke somebody's nose, somebody's wrist. She was thrown out of school, expelled. So what, what are you going to do? Right. So we had her escorted into a behavior modification character building school in Thompson Fall, Montana. Wow. And there she's zero, she's zero tolerance. And she went after a member with a curtain rod. And she thought she could come home. She has earned her place home. So we shipped her to Jamaica. Wow. Jamaica was even more strict and it was out in nowhere. It's a it's another like rehab yeah. facility, the, the live in place. Yeah, it was it was like a bunker, you know. Wow. Just, but that's where she stayed for almost three years. Holy shit. Yeah. And pardon my but, language. Do you know? Five week the end of July this year uh-huh. she became an RN. Oh wow. That's awesome. She got it. She turned her life around. Yeah. That's awesome. And she too said to me when she when she told me um, um, on her 18th birthday, she told me that, you know, Grandma, I'm really grateful for all the things you did for me and for sending me these places I, I, I didn't like. And a year in Utah at the um, therapeutic school, $7,500 a month. Yikes. Yeah. But money money well spent if it saved her yeah, life. You yeah. Know. <laughs> Everything's worked out great. And her mother re- rehabilitated in many rehabs. I mean, it was in Centerpoint. She was in uh, Ross, Ross Hospital for, for rehab. And then we had an intervention over Labor Day in 2007 here. What they didn't like? show up. That was for both of us to come. I had an intervention specialist come from Palm Desert, some, somewhere mm-hmm. down there. And, but, it, but it worked. We had her in Betty Ford for, for three, was it three months? Six months. And they sent me, the codependent, uh-huh. To Tennessee for a week to a centered living project, and man, did I, did I finally get it? Really? Yeah. It's a week of intensive. Like, oh my training gosh! On how to no outside interests, nothing. No wow. phones, no nothing. And man, did it work! Wow, that's great. Yeah, I, I, I'm fine, you know. Yeah. I, what I don't know doesn't bother me. Well, that's good. That's a hard, hard yeah. thing to get to. Yeah. And and I I couldn't say no to those people. They I love them. Right. Out of love and compassion. But the bottom line is control. Right. On my part. And that's what you learned in Elanon. Uh-huh. Many years of Elanon, and now you're a sponsor to many. Oh, right? I have had so far twenty eight. Twenty eight sponsors. But I have presently eight. That's a lot to have it's at a one lot, time. But I learn a lot too. I'm sure, yeah. It's supposed to be a give and take. Yeah. That's I, good. I wish my mother had the benefit of Alan. Yeah, I wish a lot of people did. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people just to just to acknowledge that. My that's daughter the source. came to when did I break my hip in two thousand seventeen? And my daughter came up and took care of me. And I also was in a rehab. And she went to every Al-Anon meeting with me. Wow. Good and for her. 
it, it, it's quite a difference when both of us yeah. voiced what, what was going on. It's super important. Yeah. And to do that in a group of people who right. are safe and, yeah. you know, they understand. And what, what I noticed a lot in parent meetings, you know, my my husband, I, I didn't finish his thing, but my husband always gave in to, I said, A, no, you can't have the car. Yeah. It's a school night. And he says, here, here are the keys. Okay. So what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> yeah. And um, two sets of rules. Yeah. And I see this in parent meetings, the men with their, with their girls, they just have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, it, I can understand that. Yeah. But in the meantime, all the stuff went on. I also suffered uh, cancer. Oh. A major breast cancer. And it took a year out of my life in 2000. Sorry to hear but that. prior to 2000, my, my husband Anders, after all these years of alcohol and uh, the drugs he took for his anxiety attacks, he was. He, he, I was going to divorce him. I had detached from him. Over the years, I, I built up my own bank account, I, my own credit, and I, I just couldn't do it anymore with yeah. the girls all screwed up. And he, he came home one day and wrote a suicide note and then took himself and my dog out to the car and started the motor with the, you know, whatever he used to. And uh, then he changed his mind in the middle of it. I had, he, he knew I was at the divorce attorney to, to get informed. Oh, it was that day? That day, it was, okay. Yeah. And, uh, okay, he... My daughter came was home from college. She stopped by, that's Heidi, and she found her dad on the kitchen floor. He had fallen from the carbon dioxide because she said, uh, she told me later on he has not been drinking. She, yeah. This was from the, so she brought him to the hospital and they told her she has to bring him to Marin General to a 5150. Mm-hmm. So it, within two days, we had the diagnosis of a grade four brain tumor. Oh, wow. He had developed. Okay. So here I go. Well, I'm not going to divorce him. He had six to eight months to live. So I said, I, I can do that. Mm. And uh, yeah, he was in and out of nursing homes, but it, it was it was a, a real tough Half year. I can imagine, yeah. yeah. And it was hard on the girls too. It was um, their father, so. Uh, well, and Heidi must have found the suicide note. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah, that's really difficult. Yeah. Do you do you think that the tumor had been growing for a while, and that's I what was causing so. the, some of the? Looking back, Justin, there are weird things that happened. Maybe three, four times a year, I would find him in the shower at two in the morning. Hmm or even earlier, one, one in the morning, and then come out. He's in, in his three-piece suit. And I said, Anders, 
it's one in the morning. What in the world? I'm going to work. And I said, it's in the middle of the night. He couldn't tell night and day apart. Wow. And then he couldn't read the clock. And would that just be like an yes. incident? And then it would go then away? Then it would go to... away. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's got to be disconcerting. Yeah. And I, I didn't you. read anything into this, right? It's right. Just... Yeah, how would and you know? he never had any pain. The, the tumor never bothered him. Huh. Except they did open him up at, uh, and took out what they could. But mm. yeah, Dr. Wilson said, yeah, this, it's incurable. Thanks. And and he died uh, the 30th of June, 1988. Okay. And then that's when, you know, Karn spun out of Yeah, Under, understandably yeah. so. And then Karen's boyfriend, whom she was engaged to, drowned in Lake Berryessa while we were out boating. Oh God! We came back with the with the police and everybody there, and I said, "What what's going on? Well, where is Tim?" So he who was out boating? You and your... and my my second husband. I had okay. I have remarried, and uh, we were up in Berryessa and met Tim and Karn. I didn't know they were up there. And Tim says, I'd like to fish. I said, Tim, it's too hot. Mm. It's no shade anywhere. I don't recommend you do that. Come with us. Yeah. And he says, no, I'm going to fish. And he was determined. And so Karen and the little boy she was babysitting came with us, and we were having a good time out in, on the lake when we came back. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Wow. So that happened just after? Just after, after we buried Anders the dad, yeah. Oh, wow. That was in 90. Dad was buried in 88, and uh, Tim died in 1990. And I had dated maybe my second husband two months when this happened. Yeah. That was hard on Corinne. I'm sure it was. It's really and, awful. Um, yeah. Heidi never got married. She hung out with an alcoholic all all her life. Mm. And I, I think she's binge drinking too, but there's nothing I can do. Are you in touch with her? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And so but you she lives in Kotati, so she, but she's not a nurse. I will never have her take care of me. She's no, okay. Not, not a nurse. <laughs> but does the fact that you're, you've been in Al-Anon so long, does that put a strain on your relationship uh, if she's an ac active drinker? Um, we don't, I don't talk about it. Uh, okay. You know, I just, I know when I shouldn't call her or, you know, you get to know. Yeah, when's a good time and when not. So, uh, and you're able to to let go of your. Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't, I have some things I don't do anymore. I don't manage, manipulate, play the martyr, or mother her, and and I, I don't complain. I don't criticize, and I just okay. stay out of her way. You know. But do you have to eat, like have a mantra going well, to keep yourself? From Not, it's going pretty good now. Okay. Yeah, you have it's a lot going of practice. real good. Yeah.
Your second husband. Yep. What's his name? Ib. Ib. I-B. And... Um, what kind of name is that? Danish. Okay. Another Dane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love great, great Danes, right? Yeah. <laughs> For an addiction. Okay. No. But uh, I met him at uh, Little Switzerland, a dance place up in Sonoma or Alvarano. And um, it was interesting. So he also was born and raised in Denmark and schooled in Denmark. And uh, I met him in probably around April 1990. Um, I had no intention of marrying him, but he insisted. So in, in 1993, I said, all right, so what? <sighs> So, but he had um, he had moved in with me in uh, I think in 1990. Um, I went to Europe. What was it? My mother died. I went to to the funeral, and so he moved that he moved in here because I had a dog, so he, he took okay. care of the dog. He was a Pepsi-Cola guy. Okay. And um, yeah, guess what? was another alcoholic. Great. But he had been in rehab, so he was most of the time okay. He had a couple of slips. And he at least was aware of it. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, his mother and father were here also, and he was attached to his mother's apron string. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> Just twice a day, same conversation, morning, noon, and night. Wow. In in his 40s or whatever. Yeah. Un unbelievable. Yeah. And so, yeah. Talk about codependency. Yeah. <laughs> So how long did that marriage last? Well, that lasted till he was actually dying next door to me when I had the mastectomy in two thousand. Oh, yeah. In, what, what happened? With him? Um, he had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in nineteen eighty-five. I did not know him then, uh -huh. and that has been take. Well, was in remission, I guess, for a while, and then it had gone into his bones. But just then, this man, I i don't think he ever complained, but he he's, the doctor explained to me on, on the x-rays or whatever that every rib was eaten through by cancer, Every both shoulder blades, his pelvic, everything was eaten up. So he must have been in pain. Oh, big time. And he didn't. Big time. He never complained mm -hmm. about it. Wow. And but but he was very sick for a year and a half. Um, I did, and I had managed. Uh, well, doesn't matter what I managed anyway. <laughs> A, a big company and 
Every morning I gave him six stations, but so he had stuff to do. So he was listening to books uh, outside in the garden. Then he came in and had a shake of some some kind. Everything was done. And then I came home to check on him. And I, I just worked seven minutes away from this house. Mm-hmm. And... But I had to, prior to going to work, I had to get him up. I I went in the shower with him. I showered him on a chair mm. and and then dressed him, wiped him, whatever needed to be done, and uh, had all his stations ready. And it was a lot of work. Yeah, it sounds like a really hard a lot thing of to work. do all around the clock. And... Uh, and then it depends what medication he was on. He could, could be really nasty. Mm. So I, I, but I can be nasty back. So <laughs> I said, you know, if 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 you treat me like this, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna send you to your mother. Wow. And I would have. Yeah, but he shaped up. Yeah. Okay. He shaped up. And then. So since after he died, you've... you've... He, well, when, when I came home from my mastectomy, um, I, had to, I had to arrange a funeral. Mm. Nobody else's son didn't even believe his father was sick. They did just honest to God. Weird. Mm-hmm. So within three or four days, we had the funeral. I had things hanging out of my side here and... But but you you do what you have to yep. you know so and that was in two thousand and uh, yeah and you've been uh, yeah, happily been, uh, happily unmarried since <laughs> yeah. absolutely that, yeah I am not I'm staying away from men yeah I'm I think just, it's a good idea yeah. yeah you seem like you need your independence and yeah and, I I just I I said I can't do this anymore. Yeah, we've well, already cared yeah. for two. And, you know, I see it around the neighborhood. It's been a young neighborhood in the 60s, but now it's all old people. Uh-huh. And it's all the guys that drop. Yeah. It, it's the women that, that stay longer. Yeah. So and I, I say, sometimes I make a joke. I say that I stay away from men because I kill them all. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, beware. Yeah, so... Wow. Well, anything else? I'm just looking at the time here. Do you, is there anything else you can think of that you want to well, cover? Yeah. We could go on on Elanon for a long time, but that's probably a different discussion. Yeah, I, I, I do make my program my number one priority. Yeah, I do. Otherwise, I fall right back in the old school again mm-hmm. you know it's it's very easily done so, yeah yeah that's good you yeah find, as you... far as men that's not happening <laughs> it's not it's, i i don't say i never have the opportunity but uh it's yeah no. <laughs> not on the table no <laughs> but i also have a friend uh, who who is who has a, who has a boyfriend, but they you know, don't live together, so they she just has 
a friend to go to the movies with and, or, or to dinner with. Yeah. That I wouldn't That's mind. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And I said, Irene, you've got to watch it because they want more. <laughs> So she said, that's not going to happen for me. And I said, okay. Six months later, she called me. And she said, you were right, but I'm not doing it. So He wants to move in or have yeah. her move in or something. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, The men at that age probably just want to be taken care of. Yeah. They think that's yeah. rope in some woman to do it. If, right, you know. right. But good for you for holding strong and yeah. for Irene. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> That, that's my first husband over there. Okay. That's the kid's father. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing your well, tale. You're welcome. I'm sure there's more, yeah, more sure of it. More. But I think we got a good overview. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel you feel content with what you shared? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't share much about my. Uh, business life but that's not that interesting (laughs) well if we had more time i would i would ask you more questions about it but i feel like i'll be editing yeah that's fine justin just call it (laughs) i'm calling it Mm -hmm. all right well thank you so much i really appreciate it good good to have a reason to come out of the house yeah yeah this is an outing for me yeah this is a big deal for me too (laughs) adventure all right Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll talk to you after. Yeah. Right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you to Verena for... um, taking the time and uh, putting up with all the technical stuff and uh, telling what could be told of her story. I can never capture all of what there is to talk about, but um, I hope that we at least got to the essence. Um, But Verena did want to add a couple things that we didn't get to in the recording. Um, Specifically, she wanted to express her regret about not being there for Heidi, her oldest daughter, um, during the difficulties that everyone was having. Uh, if that wasn't made clear in the conversation, she just wanted to make sure that was known. Um, and also she just wanted to express her, uh, gratitude and pride for her children and grandchildren. And she's, she called herself the proudest mom and grandmother in the world. So, um, yeah, that's that. Uh, thanks again, Verena, and thank you all for being who you are. Just keep on doing that. There's nothing else we're supposed to be doing as far as I'm concerned. Just keep being who you are, expressing it out loud to the people in your lives as truly as you know how. And good things will follow. I believe. Okay, I love you all. My gratitude is is far and wide and you can pick your own items to apply it to. It's I'm just putting it out into the universe. I'm grateful for everything and for the learning that continues. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye.